Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. My name is Ja. I'm Hugo. We are here with another episode for your head tops. More fantasy football tips, tricks, and advice to help you bring home that Shiva. And uh, before we get into today's episode, we want you guys to check out a new website. It's called playactionpools.com. Once again, that's playactionpools.com. Me and Dugo here are going to be running contests all throughout the season. We have a contest called Pick Your Poison. It's a five-game NFL pick'em where you guys pick five matchups every week. You bet what teams win, uh, what money line, or what spread you want to bet, and you get to face off against us every week. At the end of the season, we'll see who comes out on top. And for 15% off of administrative fees, use promo code GUMBO and join the contest. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and let's get it. This young boy from Texas, so excuse my grandma, big booty, my standards. And we are back. Hey, another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. It's your boy, Ja. Hey, your boy, Dugo's right over here. We are here to talk about one of the craziest divisions in the NFL this year. All four of these teams could make the playoffs. Uh, today's episode is going to be a divisional preview about the AFC West. Whoa. Y'all already know what it is. We've been talking about this division probably for the last three, four months as football fans. A lot of great quarterbacks, a lot of great offenses, and uh, something tells me that you're going to want a part of a lot of these offenses. So, with no further ado, we want to get into our first team, and uh, that's going to be the Los Angeles Chargers. Hell yeah, dude. Yo, the Chargers got me excited, honestly. Last year, they didn't make the playoffs, and they were probably one of the most explosive teams in the NFL. Yeah. It was just, their defense seemed like it was their Achilles heel, and those offensive weapons were always popping off. Mm -hmm. Like, you have probably a top three, top two quarterback, quite honestly, in Justin Herbert. He's going into his third year now, and the guy is just dying. Last year, he was number two overall as a quarterback. Ja, tell me what you like about Justin. Tell me also, who do you like as another asset on that team, dog? So, we'll start with Justin. Yeah. Justin is a superstar quarterback. He's somebody right now that's going after Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Now, we all have the questions about what that Chiefs offense is going to look like, which we'll talk about later. But Justin Herbert is being taken as the QB3 right now in drafts. And last year he finished as QB2. His rookie year he was QB9. Mm-hmm. And he's looking to take another leap forward. Right, dude. Yeah, so he's, he, he's shown consistency already. He's a dark horse for QB1 this year for me. I like him a lot uh, at his current value. Kind of in like the third, you know, maybe maybe fourth round if you're playing in 12 team. Uh, last year he went for over 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns. He had some rushing work. He got three rushing touchdowns. So, all in all, over 40 touchdowns. He's somebody who's going to distribute the ball to whoever is available. Uh, The Chargers are one of those teams to where they kind of, uh, they're lucky enough to have those two dank receivers. Right. Uh, One of them being Keenan Allen, who I know you have in one of our home leagues. Yeah, dude. I absolutely love him. I mean, he's getting a little bit older. But, nonetheless, I feel like this guy still is going to go out and ball. Like, we saw a resurgence last year of, well, not necessarily a resurgence, but a come-up of Mike Williams, who, obviously, before that year, he wasn't really much other than 
you know, like a good flex play. Like, that guy came out and balled out last year. For sure. And they both ended up being, you know, around that top 10 wide receiver mark. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm going to be you, if I'm sitting, you know, at the kitchen table at night, when I'm going out and when I'm, you know, thinking about who am I going to draft as my wide receivers and when I'm going to draft them, I, I would assume I would take Keenan Allen over Mike Williams. So Mike Williams right now is going, he's going around the fourth round. And you have Keenan Allen basically going a whole round before that in the third. Yeah. It's the middle of the third, and that's in a 14-team league. So I respect that. Like, I think that Keenan Allen has more potential to keep going as that number one because that's what he's been proven to do through all of his years. I mean, if you look yep. down the history, I mean, he was, so last year he was 10, year before that 14 PPR, year before that 6, year mm-hmm. before that 12, year before that 3. Yep. So, if you want to talk consistency, that's the name of the game for Keenan Allen. And I just think that maybe last year with Mike Williams, he definitely showed that you have to have your eyes on both of those guys. Mm-hmm. But I think that just with Keenan Allen, I think he's just the steady Yeti. He's kind of like the Mike Evans on that team where you know he's just going to get his touchdowns. He's going to get his receptions. For sure. The guy's going to go out and ball out. He's always going to get his work. And uh, right now, I think he's going to be 30 going into the new year. Yeah. Yep. So there's been a lot of fuss and there's been a lot of racket about him potentially uh, seeing further regression in like his yards per catch and um, his production and things of that sort, I guess. No doubt. I so, mean, I've thought about that as well with like DeAndre Hopkins and stuff. And everyone keeps saying, oh, no, it's not the same. So why are we saying the same shit about Keenan Allen or even Devontae Adams is about to be 30 here in a couple of years. No one's talking about that stuff. Keenan Allen's good for about 1,100 yards, six touchdowns, about 100 catches. He's always going to be that low-end wide receiver one, wide receiver two for you. Mike Williams is someone I do like. We're going to talk about the NFC North uh, probably in one of the future episodes. The way that I'm treating this Los Angeles Chargers receiving room is very similar to how I would treat the Green Bay Packers running backs. Keenan Allen is going equivalent to Aaron Jones, you know, much further ahead in the draft. Right. But if you want to talk value, you can get A.J. Dillon or Mike Williams, who play the same role in the same offense, slightly cheaper, and they'll get pretty similar production. I'm taking Mike Williams over Keenan Allen. I guess that kind of is more so dependent on the personalities in your league, how much people like, you know, players. But if you can get Mike Williams in the fourth round and spend that third round getting yourself a solid RB2, mm-hmm. a solid wide receiver two, I, I I don't think you're mad at yourself at the end of the year. No doubt, man. And, I mean, it definitely just goes into kind of what your draft preference is. Like you said, like if you want to go get a wide or a running back two instead of, you know, getting that next wide receiver or whatever in the third round where you can secure two high-end wide receivers or – you could secure two high-end running backs or two, you know, either or whatever you think you want to do. Yeah. But, I mean, you're not going to leave that round with a bad player if you're getting Keenan Allen, I think, in the third. Or, like you said, I mean, Aaron Jones isn't going to be available there in the third. But, nonetheless. I, I My hot take is that I got Justin Herbert going for borderline MVP season. Yeah, I agree with that, bro. I mean, I don't think that's much of a hot take. I think if he balls out and... I mean, if you want to talk about someone who's progressing more and more, 
I mean, that's Justin Herbert, and allegedly he put on a lot more muscle even this year compared to last year. Uh-huh. And so he's just growing into that body, man. He's becoming an NFL quarterback. He's going to be ready to go out and ball out. And we might even see some more, like, read options and stuff from him just to take a little bit of a load off of uh, Austin Eckler. Okay. You know, so, I mean, I, like, I just think, like, yeah, like, you want to take hits off of Justin Herbert. But, I mean, they have invested it in that line like, they got Zion Johnson in the first round this year, so he's going to be stellar for them. And that line, I think, is going to be a little bit better than what we think. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's going to have time back there, and he's going to be able to do stuff on his feet like we've seen before. But I just think it's going to be more designed, possibly. Yeah, I can see that. They just have to kind of be a lot more aggressive with that offense, basically. Right, and obviously... So, tell me what you think about Austin Eckler right now, because he just got a new handcuff with Isaiah Spiller. And we don't have to talk about Isaiah Spiller all that much, but I want to know what your thoughts on his effect on Austin Eckler is going to be this year. I think Austin Eckler has a floor of RB7, assuming health. Okay. Just because he sees so many receptions. I think naturally he'll see some touchdown regression now that they brought in an Isaiah Spiller. They have a Joshua Kelly there. They have last year's pick, Larry Roundtree. Right. Um, they, they got guys there who are sizable that they can go in and get those goal line packages. For sure, man. So Austin Eckler scores so many touchdowns as it is. It's mm. really hard to rely on that year in and year out. So with Austin Eckler, I have him as a floor of like RB7. Uh, I think he can obviously be as high as RB1. Potentially, RB2. So you could see him going first off the board in some cases in some leagues? I wouldn't advise it. I would not advise it because I think he has more competition in his backfield than uh, Jonathan Taylor. For sure. Like, you can say Naheem Hines, but Naheem Hines isn't... I think he's going to be playing a different role. Like, he's going to be a borderline running back, kind of. You know? For sure. He's going to split out wide, run most of his time in the flats, like... Yep. All right, man. So, yeah, I understand exactly what you're talking about with Austin. He might, I definitely like him uh, as a front-running uh, running back. Uh, another running back in the same division, Josh Jacobs, man. What do you oh. think about him from the Raiders? I think there's been a lot of hype about him. I mean, mm-hmm. there's even been accusations of him being dropped. But, obviously, that's not going to happen. I mean, obviously, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. But where do you see him this year and – you know, a redraft league. Josh Jacobs is going to make a lot of people happy. Okay. Tell me more. What I mean by that is Josh Jacobs is perennially uh, RB1, high-end RB2, serviceable back, right? Like, you rely on his touchdowns, you rely on his goal line ability, you rely on the volume. People are really freaking out about this Zamir White guy, who I think is going to be a good running back. Mm-hmm. But he's also a day three running back. 90% of the time, we don't give a fuck about a day three running back, but they just so happen to be drafted by the Raiders, and now they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, no doubt. I mean, I understand what you're saying about that and everything. I, In some cases, some of that stuff just happens. Like, the reason why Zamir White felt so much was because he had ACL injuries in back-to-back years, which no one really likes to see. Yeah, or, he, I'm not sure if it was back-to-back, but he had two ACLs. He also came back in his last year, played for Georgia. Obviously, yeah. they played in that championship team, so he got a lot of clout for that. Yeah. But even in that year, he wasn't all that impressive. He had maybe 800-ish yards well, like, the he, whole season. He, no doubt, man. Yeah, I mean, out of the two between him and James it, Cook, I would say James Cook was definitely the more impressive. Josh, Josh Jacobs is the better college athlete. He went to the better school, had the better production. 
has been a more efficient running back in the NFL, though I know Zamir White is entering the NFL. He has too much on his jacket for me to just go and disrespect the guy. I think that some kid's going to come in and just absolutely make him useless. I can't say that he went to the better school. I mean, right now, Alabama, you can't, you Alabama can't really versus nitpick, Georgia. You can't really nitpick that right now. I mean, he was the lead back on Bama, went yeah. crazy first round draft capital in the NFL. Nonetheless, I just think when you're talking about better schools, I mean, they both won national championships. That's fair. I mean, the end goal ended up being the same. Exactly. So I don't know. Like, I feel like that's a little bit of a cap. Nonetheless, I understand that's- what you're talking about. I just think that, yeah, right now they have that Zamir White. They have Bolden there as well. And so I just think that there's going to be a little bit more of a split role there rather than them going to be a head horse and then they're going to utilize these two to, you know, do functional roles. I think it's really going to be kind of a three-man backfield back there. Yeah. And so with that, right now, just to give you guys some context, again, this is a 14-team draft. Josh Jacobs is going in the early fourth round. So do I like him there? Not necessarily. I personally, yes, this is going to be a little bit more nitpicky, but I'd rather take Josh Jacobs around probably the late fifth to sixth, early sixth probably. I just I know I'm not going to get him there at all, and at that point I'm not really thinking about much of his stock if I'm going to be honest. But right now I just think that with his split role, it's not going to lead to much fruition as what we are thinking. Tell me I'm wrong, please. <laughs> I, I I don't think I am. I think would you say Josh Jacobs is a top fifty fantasy player? Yeah, I could probably uh, slide. I think. It. Well, ju- I would probably say top seventy five. So obviously, quarterbacks are going to be skewed because they're quarterbacks. Yeah. But in terms of value, in terms of you know what I'm saying, like positional value, you rank them differently. Okay, so last year he was ranking. 53rd overall and i don't think he's going to be within the top 50 this year so okay let me ask it like this do you think that josh jacobs is a top 40 flex play this year um of all the players available in the nfl do you think he falls within top 40 in the flex probably yeah so when you break that down to the fourth round of a 14 team league that's about 14 times three rounds is 42 Mm mm-hmm plus another round somewhere in the fourth round would be max 56. So you're getting Josh Jacobs between picks 43 and 56. And essentially, I think he falls within that value, even if you throw in the three, four, five quarterbacks that go early in a standard one quarterback league. I think Josh Jacobs still makes sense there. And so if I can get him as my RB2, I feel pretty comfortable with it because at the end of the day, I think that he's one of the better offensive players outside of Tay. Uh, You can make the argument that he's a top three player for that offense. I know that uh, he didn't get the contract extension. Not too worried about it. And I like his value. Another guy that I think is going at value in that offense is Hunter Renfro. Love him, dude. That's your boy. Is it me you're looking for? Yeah, he just about won me a league, and unfortunately, it didn't work out. But tell me what you like about him. So, give you guys a little bit of uh, background here. Right now, he's going around the late 6th. Again, 14-team league. Last year, finished 33 uh, overall in PPR. Tell me what you like about him, please. Great route runner. I love it, dude. Absolutely love his route running. Great guy. Great agility. 
sneaky fast. Just a gym rat. Extremely reliable hands. And that makes him someone that I like in this offense a lot. Mm-hmm. Because defenses are going to be targeting Tay. For sure. For sure. Defenses are going to be targeting Darren Waller. Yeah. And regardless of who's the running back, you got talent in that running back room. Well, dude, tell me where you think he's going to land this year. Because last year, he ended up 11 overall in wide receivers, again, in PPR. I do, you, could, do you think he's going to be in the top 20 this year? Do you think People gonna... are projecting Tay to go top 12 in receivers. Yeah, probably. In terms of receivers, I could see Hunter Renfro right on the bottom edge of that wide receiver two entryway of like the wide receiver three range. So that would put him somewhere around wide receiver and a 12 team, maybe 24 to 29. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's where he, I think that's where he falls. He's going to have up games. He's going to have down games. I think a lot of people are going to be mad at his inconsistency sometimes. Right. But I mean, he's going to score enough in those big games. He's going to score that 30 yard touchdown and then go ahead and get six other catches for 90 other yards. No doubt. Dude. Right? Well, I just think when you think about, the way that Devontae Adams is going to have to help spread out that defense, I just think if you have Hunter Renfro, he's going to get a lot more receptions. They might not go for necessarily like huge yardage, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to be like kind of like the same thing as last year where he just does a lot after the catch and he gets a lot of yak yardage. So uh, I like that a lot just because Tay is going to get double teamed a lot. Mm-hmm. And another person who I think has a little bit of upside with this trade as well Obviously, you got to think about the receptions and targets t- getting taken away. Okay. But Darren Waller, dude, like he's hurt right now, but that's just another person who would always just take advantage of the middle of the field and go on those cross routes, stretches, whatever you want to get him on in the middle of the field. The guy was getting y- yardage. He was getting catches. The one thing that he has been consistent with recently is getting hurt, which sucks. But when he's out on the field, the guy is a fucking play waiting to happen. I don't like his ADP. That's fair, dog. And I understand that. I understand that completely. I mean, I don't know if I can really fathom taking him in the third this year just because of those targets getting taken away. And on top of that, he might be missing the first week. So... I'm not sure where I feel about him right now. I'm not taking him in the third. That's for sure. Probably, I would probably contemplate the fifth with this guy right now. So right now he's going at an ADP of player 44. Okay. So Darren Waller is probably going to be like your tight end four off the board after Andrews, Kittle, and Pitts. Yeah, just about, yeah. Waller, obviously the injury history matters. I think that his usage somewhat decreases simply because I think Hunter Renfro is a great, you know, reception option. Right. Tay is a great reception option. This is an offense that's going to start leaning towards passing to its running backs more often. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that at all. My, my biggest thing is I think that he might not see the volume. It's the yardage and the touchdowns that I believe are going to continue to be in the way that it is. Yeah. Or he might even get more yards and maybe more touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But, like, just less catches. Because I just think that the middle of the field is going to be so vulnerable. Especially, like, if you start, like, trying to stack the box and stuff and you can get past those linebackers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just think that, like I said, just big plays waiting to happen. And I think he's going to be the guy to do it on that team. When you break down the tight end position... As we all know, tight ends aren't players who typically score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. 
if you want a tight end who has potential to be a top three, top five option, then you just have to estimate how many points he'll score and put it in a general range of outcomes from previous years. For sure, dude. So what I mean by that is Darren Waller, 2020, tight end two, scored 276. 2019, he was tight end three, scored 220. That's a 56-point difference, and he's scored one placeholder lower in the ranks. Right. Obviously, every year is different, but I think Darren Waller is someone who's capable of scoring 230, 240 points. If you play in, let's say, a half-point PPR, let's cut it down the middle, that ends up being, I don't know, 1,000 yards on the season. Okay. That ends up being maybe around six to seven touchdowns. So, I don't know. I think that he's somebody I still like. He's 29. He's a 6'6", 255, you know, veteran tight end. Yeah. I think he's still got some juice in the tank, and we'll see what happens. But you're just saying that you don't like his ADP going in the third there? I don't like his fourth. The reason I don't like his ADP is because the numbers I I, I just rang out, I didn't do the exact math on them, but they kind of are good enough to put him in that top five conversation at the position. Yeah. But if there's any regression whatsoever, then it's immediately a bad pick. Right, I understand that. I like, get that. Like, if we see any regression that we don't expect, he automatically goes from a top three option mm-hmm. to something a lot less productive than what we drafted him for. No doubt. Because well, there's going to be other guys at the position you could have had at a later value that score you more points, obviously, but whatever. Of course, man. Well, let's talk about the person who's going to be creating all these headaches, and that's going to be Devontae Adams, I believe. Obviously, he's going to be the true one on that team. Obviously, when you have Hunter Renfro there still, he's going to probably know the scheme a little bit more. I just think that okay. it's going to be something special, and I think that his ADP right now, he's typically going towards the end of the first and 14-team leagues. Otherwise, probably just beginning of the second and 12-team uh, or 10-team. Mm-hmm. Where do you like that ADP? I still think he's going to see a lot of targets. No doubt. I still think he sees a lot of targets. And, uh, I mean, he's being drafted as, like, the wide receiver, I don't know, like, that top seven-ish kind of option. Uh, I think he'll be good. I think Derek Carr is going to try to make it a thing to make sure he gets the ball. He's getting drafted, like, at the fifth wide receiver right now. Yeah, like, I just... I just feel like that's a little much. I don't know. I mean, he's Tay, so... I think that he's going to be good regardless of who the quarterback is. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? I don't know, man. He's one of the hardest people to predict. What do you think? Well, I personally would probably still take him. Just because at the end of the day, he's probably going to be getting a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about him. He's very consistent with getting touchdowns, I feel like. Especially the last two years, at least with the Packers. But I just think that he's going to get his target still. Is he going to see 169 like he did last year? No. So that's why I just have to kind of drop him down outside my top five, I think. Like, I think right now if you could get him, like, as the sixth or seventh, probably make me a little bit happier just because that means that I'm not taking Tay. Like, I could be – honestly, this might be a hot take – but I think that oh. C.D. Lamb might have better upside this year than Devontae Adams. But I think that oh. C.D. Lamb might have better upside this year than Devontae Adams. I don't think that's a hot take at all. Hell yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. I think that's totally realistic. So actually, speaking of quarterbacks, who would you rather have? 
if your two options were to be Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr? Oh, probably Patty Mahomes, no doubt. I mean, I I feel like that's kind of an easy decision regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, especially fantasy-wise, I just think that there's going to be, I don't know, more like thrill plays, I feel like, with Patty. Like, he's just going to be able to, like, absolutely bomb it down the field with no regards. Mm-hmm. I think that when you have McDaniels as your head coach, yep. He's probably going to make you, like, not necessarily have you on a leash, but he's going to like more checkdowns and shit like that, I feel like. Do you more think... safer plays rather than Andy Reid giving him full control. And just absolutely zooting it down the field to MVS or Nicole Hardman, Sky Moore, all these players that could be absolutely playmakers this year if they get in rhythm. All right, so let's talk about Patrick Mahomes and let's be honest. Can we all do right. that? Yeah, Can we I keep it a buck? We'll keep it a bean. You can't handle the truth! Do you think that he's going to see more checkdowns this year, more short area throws, or do you think that he's still going to try to continue the trend and force the ball downfield to, like, MVS, Mecole, Juju, all those guys? Yeah, man, I think that it's going to be kind of a lot of the same stuff, just more spread out. When I'm thinking of true fantasy targets on that team that I want to get, like, in the early rounds, like, obviously you don't really have, like, a top-tier wide receiver, I feel like. But what you do have is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And that's probably my favorite asset on the Chiefs right now. It's Travis Kelsey, for sure. And probably mine, too. I'm always skeptical about drafting a tight end anywhere near the first round. And you kind of have to. You kind of have to with Kelsey, and you know he's going to produce, like, a pretty nice receiver. But just because he has that stigma of being a tight end, it naturally kind of just makes you feel away. Right. So, back to Patty, though. So, last year he's ranked basically QB4 back-to-back years. Yep. I think that this year... I'd be probably happy if he stays within, like, the top eight. Like, I think that that's well within his means. And I just think just because he doesn't have a fucking a human cheat code as a fucking wide receiver, I just think that he's going to lose a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I feel like the volume's still going to be there and everything like that. And so I think that his value isn't going to be lessened all that much. But am I taking him fourth? quarterback off the board probably not honestly yeah i think i have him a little bit lower than i have him around qb5 ish yeah i think that his touchdowns are going to naturally take a dip because tyreek was just like a cheap touchdown every game right exactly you just toss it downfield and here comes fucking tyreek like taking it to you give him a screen he'll take a 60 yards to the house with ease right so like i I think that he regresses from like that 37 and 38 touchdown a year mark to around maybe 32 right uh, you're talking right. about a range of about 30 points. So if he was QB4 last year, that would put him closer to maybe like QB5, QB6. Maybe a little closer to QB7, depending on how uh, regressions work this year with the quarterback position. Yeah, he's typically going around that fourth round, though. And I just feel like that's a... Or maybe even third in some cases. He's going as the QB2 after Josh Allen. It's just crazy. That's really high. And you have like no merit to do that. Like, right. He just lost his best weapon... You got Juju and a bunch of other guys, but that's a really insane bet to think that he's going to finish better than what he's finished the last two years without Tyreek. Right, no doubt. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I agree. Exactly, man. I just, uh, well, let's talk about his targets here for a second. I want to know from you. We talked about Tyreek, right? Yeah, we talked about Tyreek. Or we talked about Travis. Right. But let's talk about the actual wide receivers in that room. You got Juju. MVS and Miko Harbin, who's been the veteran basically from that squad on that team. Mm-hmm. Which ones are you actually looking to draft this year? I'm going to give you guys a quick breakdown of how 
uh, see these receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. And I can try to help out with where they're getting drafted as well once you're going through these guys. The first guy is Juju, who a lot of you guys are saying has the potential to be like a really good wide receiver for fantasy, which he does. When you look at Juju and you look at his production over the past few years, he's someone that has kind of underperformed compared to what we got out of his uh, his sophomore year where he was wide receiver eight. Right. Last year, he finished his wide receiver 133 due to injury, but the year before, he was around 17. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this guy, and I'm expecting him to linger around where he's always lingered for targets, which is well over the 100 target a year mark. Okay. I think that he's going to go ahead and have a little bit better yardage than he had in the last three years. 2020 was his peak in the last three years at 100, at 831 yards. Yeah, I don't think that's cap at all, especially when you look at the difference in quarterbacks. Different in quarterbacks, different in arm strength, different in you know average depth of target. I think he still obviously works the intermediary part of the field, but right. he's going to get some pretty nice bombs too. So I see Juju hitting around 1,000 yards. You look at touchdowns. I think he's somebody who can get six to eight. Okay. Six to eight touchdowns on the year. And if he even just does that, let's say 120 catches, 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns, that's good enough to put him in, like, that wide receiver two range. Fair enough. And so he's somebody that I think you're getting at a great value. He's, like, the 72nd person being taken off the board. Right, man. Yeah, so, like I said, you're looking at, like, early 6th and 14 team leagues. Or you're looking at late late sixth, early seventh. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's not bad value for a wide receiver too. Yeah. Now someone who kind of has me excited on this team, MVS dude. I mean, obviously he was on the Packers before, and something that's always hindered him is injuries. Yep. So if he can stay healthy, I think that he could almost replace that deep threat of what they had with Tyreek on that team. I think that Meikle is probably going to be that jittery guy that kind of did some of that on, uh, behind the line of scrimmage work uh, that Tyreek did before, and that's, I think, how they're going to supplement that offense. And so when we're looking at MVS, when he was on the Packers, he would typically see around 70-ish was his high point for targets. His low end was 55. I think uh, if you're looking at this offense – this guy could probably have around the 65 to 80 targets. And I think that with that, his yardage is probably going to be around the 750-ish range. And he's probably going to have a decent amount of touchdowns. My, the high point probably being 10. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of those catches are going to be bombs for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think I'm capping on what they're going to do with that situation there? I think that MVS is going to see a large amount of the targets the first few weeks. But my thing about MVS is I just don't think he's a good football player. You can't handle the truth! And um, I'm not really looking to get him on my squad. I think that he's one of those guys who's going to get targeted. And and I hate to be negative. I'm going to try to make it more positive. But I just think that um, even with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, he's always had drop issues. He's catching close to 50% of the passes thrown his way. He's going to a new offense where he's learning somewhat of a new scheme. Right. Yeah, I I mean, you're keeping it a buck when you say all that, bro. I mean, you're not wrong. I just think that with this, I think he's just going to be – I don't know. Like, I think that there's just going to be some things that are going to change. I think that he's going to mature a little bit and – 
I mean, he's not going to have, like, the weight of his role, world on his shoulders. And he obviously didn't on the Packers. But I just think that with Aaron Rodgers, he just pressured the fuck out of him and probably made him uncomfortable. I don't think it's necessarily like that in Kansas City. Yeah. I think that uh, MVS, you know, he's a tall receiver, so he might get some red zone looks. I think he gets peppered with targets the first month of the year, but then I really see Miko uh, breaking out. Me and Dugo are completely on polar opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to Miko and MVS. Right. I, I just, I understand why you like him. I just, at the end of the day, don't know if he's going to be all that. I like Miko a lot. Miko right I've, now, he's not bad value, dog. Like, you can get him in, like, the 13th, again, 14-team league. So, you could probably get him around, like, the 15th or even 16th. He's, like, a 12th-round pick. He's going around where K.J. Osborne's going. Yeah, dude, that's not terrible value. MVS is going around the 9th, 10-ish. I think that's pretty good value for him as well. Mm-hmm. I just think that at the end of the day... At, I think that MVS is going to kind of just be that long ball hog, and he's just mm-hmm. going to get more touchdowns that way. Yeah. And if you want to go PPR, Miko Harmon might be a better bet for you because I, I could see him getting a bunch of targets. The way I see it, break it down, and we'll move on to uh, – we'll, we'll move on after this. But with Miko Hardman, I mean, you're getting him in the 12th round, and I think that he has the range to at least finish as like a wide receiver four. Right. Just because of those explosive touchdowns he'll get, he'll get more – catches more targets and uh assuming health you know i think that could translate to him being at least a flex option for you for people weekly all right dude well let me ask you this so end of the day if you're in the draft and you're getting those late round picks in would you rather have miko or kj hamler kj hamler why is that because i honestly agree i think that he's probably going to see a little bit more target share obviously now that Tim Patrick is out for the year with a torn ACL, RIP, F in the chat. Uh-huh. But, yeah, dude, I really like KJ because his rookie year, he kind of popped off a little bit. And then, obviously, he had his injury his sophomore year. So, I just think that he has some possibility to kind of pop off. Tell me what you like about him. See, when I look at that comparison, I like Kansas City's top two receiving options more than I like Denver's. For sure. So Travis Kelsey and Juju compared to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, like just one side has way more proven experience. Yeah. Um, so I like KJ Amler because the potential competition at that position could be a little bit lower. Okay. I think KJ is going to step into maybe that Tim Patrick role. He's going to try to go down the field. He's going to be the speed bursty guy. He's going to randomly, you know, get his three, four catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. Right, dude, and that's exactly why they drafted him, I feel like, and they're just getting a taste of him a yep. little earlier than what they wanted. And now you have Russell Wilson, who's the best deep ball thrower in the NFL. He throws really accurate deep balls, and you saw what he did with Tyler Lockett. Whoever's stretching the field for him is going to be a big, uh, big, big benefactor. No doubt, dude, and I think all three of those wide receivers, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, all these guys are definitely draftable. KJ Hamler right now, who we're just talking about, going at the late part of the 15th and 14th team leagues. Mm-hmm. I think that's an absolute steal value. And if you're not taking this guy around the 12th or 13th, I think you're kind of stupid. I think that this guy has all the value in the world. Stupid. I don't know, man. I could be wrong, but I really have a good feeling about him this year. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead, dog. Who would you rather have? Okay. Corlin Sutton or Jerry Judy? 
I'm going to go with Sutton, dude. Honestly, I think that he's going to be the number one on that team. I think that just because he's a larger body, I think that he's going to get more targets. Because when we looked at Russell Wilson's relationship in uh, Seattle, yep. it seemed like he kind of favored DK. I and I'm that. not saying that Cortland Sutton and DK are the same. Yeah. But they have similarities in body types and being able to go up and get the ball. And I just think that he has some trust in that. Mm-hmm. So right now, if you are drafting, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are basically separated by like five draft picks. And I think that both have immense upside. And I just think that at the end of the day, Cortland Sutton is just going to be a little bit more productive. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I like him. I think that Cortland Sutton could possibly end up being like a top 20 wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, Fucking Jerry Judy could end up being like a top twenty-five. I think that too. I think Corlin Sutton's a bigger body, so he's going to get more touchdown opportunities in the red zone right. down the field. He's going to be a bigger mismatch, and he's going to get a lot more accurate ball than he's ever gotten in his NFL career. No doubt, dude. Jerry Judy has a history of getting injured a lot, which kind of scares me. But he also had kind of a case of like the drops the last few years. Like he just drops a lot of balls that he should catch. Yeah, you can make a case for that. And um, that's that. When you add two and two together, that just kind of equates to inconsistency. Right, and I mean, you alluded to the quarterback play, and that could have that could have been an issue with it as well, just with the inconsistency of where he thought the ball was gonna be. Yeah, like that could have been a, an issue. But nonetheless, I mean, if you're in the NFL, it touches your hands. You gotta catch it. Listen, Jerry Judy, if he unlocks his potential. Mm-hmm. He's a special, special, special receiver. I think the same thing with Cortland. And I just think with his body stature, especially, like I said, like when it came to his preference of wide receivers in Seattle, I just think that Cortland Sutton, honestly, I end of the day, if I'm capping, he might be a top 10. I just think there's a lot more competition to where I'm not comfortable saying that really out loud, out loud. But like if I'm having a hot take on that team, I could obviously I could definitely see Corlin Sutton being a top ten wide receiver at the end of the year. He would need double digit touchdowns, which could happen. Yeah, I just think that he could definitely be a red zone threat. He could stretch the field as well. It's not like he's slow. Mm-hmm. So I just think he has all the ability to be a true one on that team. Now, doesn't mean don't like Judy, but I think we're both in agreement that Corlin Sutton's probably the guy that you want. In that receiving room. Especially going in the fourth round, that's immense value to be a wide receiver two on your team. Yep. Uh, Javante Williams versus Melvin Gordon. Yeah, man. That's been some shit in the past. Obviously, they finished relatively, you know, close to each other in fantasy rankings in 2021. Right. They brought back Melvin for another year. Javante is estimated to kind of maybe be the lead dog coming in, but. Yeah, that's kind of what all the reports are saying, including Melvin Gordon is saying that as well. So, Javante is going right now at the end of the second round in a 14-team league. So, possibly early third in 12 or 10-team leagues. Um, I like that value a lot. I really do. Because last year, he ended up being running back 17. And so, when you're thinking about early third, eh, you know, like, that's just about a wider or a running back two. That that seems kind of fair to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that value. You know, I think that this year he's going to get a little bit more of an uptick, so you could probably see him being around, I would say, running back, you know, like 14 or 13. You know, like that's not too much more. 
But I just think that there's going to be a little bit more of an uptick there. And obviously with that, Melvin, I think, is going to see a little bit of a downtick. But I think he's going around like the 10th or 11th round. Mm-hmm. And I, I still think if you're wanting to get a, a handcuff, that's definitely that's that's great value for you. So I'm just looking right now, uh, 14 team league. He's going around uh, the late seventh. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that handcuff. I really do. I like Javante. Last year he scored. I don't know. I think it might have been like 187 ish points. So that placed him at running back 17 in 2021. Yeah. Assuming he gets the lead dog role, he gets more touchdown opportunities. If you want to compare it to, you know, how the position ended last year in 2021 for the entire NFL running back group, Mm -hmm. let's say, per se, this year, Javante Williams goes out and gets four additional touchdowns. So, let's say he has five more catches, and uh, he gains an extra 200 yards. For sure. Yeah, I can see all that happening. He would jump from 187 points to nearly... What would have placed as wide receiver eight ish? Running back um, eight. I'm sorry, running back eight with around 220 ish. Alvin Kamara was running back eight with 219 last year. No doubt, dude. Well, I, I agree with all that. RB1. So, with that being said, I still think that Melvin Gordon's going to be, I think, uh, RB3. Like, I think that he has all the possibility to be a top 30 running back this year as well. Yep. Last year, he ranked uh, standard 17. PPR 22. So, I mean, losing eight spots, I don't think that's going to be the end of the world. But nonetheless, I still think that that means he can be a great flex, if not a great bi-week flex option for you. 100%. Like, this guy could absolutely not necessarily be, like, a league winner, Mm -hmm. but he could help stabilize your team and just give you a decent flex option every game. I love Javante Williams' value where it's at right now. No doubt. Um, I, I do as well. I So you'd have to place him as a starter, though. And that could be potentially a Super Bowl offense. It, it very well could. I mean, my biggest thing is, you know, they're going to have the ability to run it a little bit more because they aren't going to be behind all the time like they were last year where they're always zipping it out. Zipping it out. But, I mean, obviously with Russell, you have the ability to zip, zip. pass it. And be pretty accurate with it as well compared to what Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater were last year. So I think that you could probably see them just being on the like out on the field a little bit more and just running it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the year, you might just see more run volume. And so Javante Williams could possibly be an all-star in the making, possibly top five, you know, if they are running up. So you said you expect Melvin Gordon to be around RB3-ish, though? Yeah, I do. And I think that, like you are saying about Javante, he could very well squeeze inside that top 10. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Okay. Interesting. I like Javante, too, as an RB1. Let us know what uh, you guys think. Go ahead and tweet us. Yo, our uh, Twitter name is at the Gumball Pod. Make sure you go ahead and tweet us and let you know what you think about not only this week's episode, but if you agree or disagree with any of our takes and make sure to hop over to youtube make sure to watch some of those shorts where we go in depth on a lot of these players and you know just try to give you a better idea of who you'd be drafting and where you could expect to pick these players up let us know if you agree with those adps and how we think that they're going to be going into the end of the year yep so my name's ja hey i'm dugo another episode of fantasy football with gumbo we'll talk to you guys next week have a great week Happy fishing. Peace.